This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing? Nothing. What does that mean? The show is about nothing. Well, it's not about nothing. No, it's about nothing. Well, maybe in philosophy, but even nothing is something. Hey, James. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. Oh, thanks awesome. thanks for doing that with that. Uh, yeah, I get my tongue tied. Thanks for doing <laughs> the show with us. See, I'm already off to a bad start already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. I was just uh, earlier today listening to the um, the Lonely Place of Living uh, radio drama, which was <laughs> awesome. Uh, and, uh, no, I was I was really thrilled. But like, nice. I was one, it was one of those things. I definitely was like, oh, I'll just listen to like five minutes of this, and then like an hour later, <laughs> I'm just, like, cleaning up around my apartment, being like, yeah, that moment was awesome. <laughs> well, thanks. I uh, think you just made Rob's century right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that, that's the end of the interview, folks. I'm done. We're gonna sign yeah. off. It's this is the shortest episode of the show (laughs) yeah uh we had little jokes back and forth where we were putting it together terrence would say you know you're probably going to get a letter from james like um dear mr myers i'll contact the lawyers at dc and he's going to be like hey before you sue me can you uh sign these things really quick (laughs) yeah uh no i would like seriously i I, i'm it's an incredible honor that you guys would put like that you would put so much like heart and soul into that and uh no and even just like being a like weaving in a bit more of the wolfman stuff and like all of that like it, it really really worked um and it was like it was also interesting to see the areas like i understand like for intercutting doesn't work as well in audio so it's like seeing how like where you made those decisions and like that was interesting in and of itself. I don't know. It's like it's interesting because it's so rare to see your own work kind of like, uh, you know, broken down and like kind of reworked for another medium. And it's always interesting to see like what people take from it and, you know, what people lean into. So I don't know. It was a. Uh, like, it was a good experience. <laughs> cool. I think that was awesome. the hardest thing I had to when I was putting it together. Going, I tried to do it beat for beat by the comic. I think I have, I think I have three versions of it. And one I was trying to get like, okay, how can I make this sound flashbacky? So I was doing weird effects. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try playing it, play it linear. So it's kind of cool to hear from the writer of the issue that hey, it, <laughs> it worked out. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, look. If you want to just keep doing the same old thing, then maybe this idea is not for you. I, for one, am not going to compromise my artistic integrity. And I'll tell you something else. This is the show, and we're not going to change it. Right? (laughs) 
How about this? You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third boy to wear the mantle of Robin, Tim Drake, through the 90s and 2000 Robin series, Red Robin, Young Justice, and Teen Titans, and from time to time taking a look at the modern era of Tim Drake in the pages of DC Comics, while also talking about other Robin and Batman happenings in the world. So sit back and relax and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. You can find us through two universe podcasting networks if you want to uh, through the Batman Universe podcasting network over at uh, TBU and on Batman on Film through their BatmanPodcastNetwork.com you can get a hold of us through all the social media you know where we're at at Facebook Twitter at ELTD Podgrast <laughs> see it's been too long since we've done a show ELTD Podcast and we're on Instagram and I always say email but I don't think people do that anymore but Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com and uh, Terrence has been doing some stuff for Young Justice over on YouTube, and uh, I think he's getting ready now that school is done for him. He's starting to do some stuff over there. This is episode 76, and this is what we're going to call our inventory episode because we need a show for this month, and there's been, this is kind of like our summer break. So we've got Ryan with us today, and Ryan's been on a summer break adventure. Um, he's done like a couple adventures. I can't wait to hear that. How are you doing today, Ryan? <laughs> I'm doing good. I, I When you were talking about the idea for this episode, I was like, oh, you know what? That's actually kind of great because it's kind of a nice, you know, summertime and living's easy. <laughs> kind, you know, I get that song in my head, you know. I'm- It's kind of good to take a break, take inventory. We, we've had our, we're talking Robin, then we had our gigantic, you know, um, audio drama, and then the the really spectacular um, t- uh, interview with um, with Tynan, and uh, and now it's like, yeah, we don't have Terrence with us today. Unfortunately, we miss we miss Terrence today, and so it's like, well, what can we do? Let's just talk about all the comic book stuff we got going on in our world for this summer, and it's kind yeah. of a nice. It, it should, should it should be a nice little. A uh, little midsummer break here, talking yeah. comics, talking Robin. Oh yeah, definitely. And with as invasive, I guess probably more for me than than anybody. Just <laughs> as as the drama was, but even just going back from the drama, we had uh, 
Bill Augustine, if I'm saying his last name right, uh, that I did with you guys over on BOF. And then. Man, few, you butchered that. Brian I, Augustine. Uh, Brian Augustine. My God. See, it's been <laughs> too long. Brian, I'm so sorry. I knew what came out of my mouth if that was wrong. But then a few months later, we had Chuck Dixon for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nightfall, and then we did the huge three-hour extravaganza for Tinian's uh, whole uh, Detective Comics run, and then the radio drama was mixed in there. It's it was a packed, you know, yeah. couple months of just yeah. Hopefully, all the quality. listeners have appreciated this. Yeah, because co- yeah, for us, it's been like just a nerd dream come true doing all this crazy like interviewing people. We you know creators we respect and then doing crazy stuff like this uh audio drama it's just been really great really really good stuff well i want to ask how your summer's been going i've kind of known of some things that you've been doing uh and my notes i've got ryan's adventures from Ernest <laughs> to uh, a comic book warehouse that i can't wait to hear that trip that you just took today so i'm just yeah. gonna turn the floor over to you ryan what have you been doing this summer <laughs> yeah so it was funny to listen to the, the last episode with the um with a tiny interview because when you were talking about why I was gone and you know, we're just trying to figure it out. Like he, he said he was going to a, to an earnest convention, (laughs) earnest day, earnest P world. And he, he wasn't lying about it. It was a real thing. And we weren't sure. I, I, he's going to have to explain himself when (laughs) he comes back (laughs) on the show. So, uh, but yes, earnest day, it was a real thing. It, um, if, if anybody's you know uninitiated, yeah, I mean, uh, if you're a child of the '80s or early '90s, you, you should know uh, Jim Varney, Ernest P. Worrell, and oh, yeah. you know that was definitely a part of my childhood. You know, safety first—that's my motto. When one is doing dangerous work, one must pay careful attention to the safety of one's body. You know what I mean? But one day, I'll be a camp counselor, and I'll be running this place. I'll be shaping and molding youthful minds into a focused worldview. Yep. Ernest P. Worrell, camp counselor. An extraordinary thing to witness. I, I, I always loved those movies and then as i grew up i just kind of started to appreciate you know the the jim varney the the actor more just to figure out like what went into that performance and what went into his career and stuff like that and over the past couple years um there's been a lot of you know as as we you know uh kids from uh all all us as kids are growing up all this nerdy stuff is coming back in the form of podcasts like we're doing you know tim drake robin podcast and so now um uh ernest is becoming you know people are re-examining it again you know uh beyond a level beyond a level where um it was being examined at the time so there is a there is a really good podcast called um Ernest goes to podcast and and it's like and it's not even a review show per se but it's more like a character analysis podcast of of the character and they go through every pretty much every single piece of merch media that Ernest was in uh it's the show's on hiatus at the moment because they've covered pretty much everything uh, I think they only have a few episodes left to go um but it's a really good podcast they go super deep super down the rabbit hole um of of just the movies and Ernest and Jim Varney and stuff like that and they even went um 
to visit Jim Varney's um, nephew, Justin Lloyd, who mm. wrote a um, biography uh, a couple years ago about Jim Varney and his life and Ernest and all that. And it's, and it's really good. That's actually how I found the podcast was through that book. I got the book and the book talked about the podcast and I listened to the podcast and then, you know, the rest is history. And then, so there was a lot of just fun little, you know, trying to rekindle my love for the character going on over the past couple of years. And then, um, one of the recent episodes of that podcast, they talked about this event that happened in 2017 called Ernest Day. And of course, I was super bummed when I found out about it because it had already taken place. I missed it. So, um, 2017 was the 30th anniversary of Ernest Goes to Camp, which is wow. the first um, mainline Ernest movie. You know, if you want to get real nerdy, there's Doctor Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. Right. right. But uh, that's that's a whole other conversation. But the first Disney mainline Ernest movie was Ernest Goes to Camp. Thirty years, thirty year anniversary was in 2017, and so. Um, they had this event at the Montgomery Bell State Park in Burns, Tennessee. It's in West Tennessee. It's like west of uh, Nashville. And that's where the – at that state park is where the Ernest Goes to Camp was filmed. And they – to celebrate the 30th anniversary, they held this event called Ernest Day. And uh, they had it at the actual filming location. And they had actors from the film. They had the director and creator of Ernest there. Uh, they had – um, so, and so they had all this stuff and then, but I've just found out about it and I was like, oh man, I, I missed it. And so, um, and that was last year, 2017. And then, uh, I was trying to think, I wonder if they'll do that again for the second, for a second year cause it was so successful. And so I checked back now and now and then and it, and it, and I wasn't sure if they're going to have it or not. And then all of a sudden I found out that they were going to do it this year. <laughs> um, and it was only like three weeks out. So, uh, had a, like a mad dash of trying to plan it. You know, we've, uh, we've got our daughter, she just turned one. So we had <laughs> to figure out, um, <laughs> how we're going to make this work. Grandma, uh, grandpa. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we took her with us. We oh, did, wow. we did it. We took her with us. So, um, so we planned this trip and drove, oh man, it was like eight, nine hours or so. Uh, and we planned like a big long weekend. So we went out this year because I was worried if we didn't go this year, maybe they wouldn't do it again right? or do it a, a few more years down the line or something. So I really wanted to go out this year. So we went and it was, and it was really spectacular. There's nothing else like it, you know, an earnest convention almost. It's like the, one of the <laughs> only ways you could do something like this. And so, um, if you go to my Twitter, you can dig in some of the pictures and stuff because I, I had a big thread about it, and they they really went on went all out because if you've seen the movie Ernest Goes to Camp, you know they really did the camp up to look like the film. As soon as you pulled in, they had a Camp Kikikee like sign, like the big wooden <laughs> sign. They That's had a awesome. the camp, they had the Camp Kikikee golf cart. They, um, a lot of the places around the camp, see the camp was, uh, was built in the thirties by the CCC, the civilian conservation Corps, And so it's, it's, it's old. It's got no air conditioning and everything. It's like the perfect, like camp, like site for this kind of a movie. And, and so they had all this stuff from the movie and then they had, um, they gave you a map when you got in. Um, and all of the places in the camp that were filming locations, they had these little plaques up. So like you would go to the first aid booth and they would have a picture of the film there. So you knew, Oh, that's the first aid booth in the movie. Or this is where, um, 
the the last chance boys were playing poker with Ernest, or this is where Ernest's uh, counselor's cabin was, where he's saying, you know, gee, I'm glad it's raining. So <laughs> they did that, and um, they had a the big counselor's cabin had um, film props from from the movie uh, in there. They had like the tray that gets like smashed on Ernest's face. They had that. <laughs> the mess hall had like uh, the the flagpole outside had. Uh, a screen used Camp Kikiki flag. They had that flying up in the air. They had Camp Kikiki t-shirt, Ernest Day t-shirts for you to buy. Um, Justin Lloyd, who I mentioned earlier, Jim Farney's nephew, he was there signing books. So I got to meet him. I got to, um, I had read the book digitally, but I was able to buy a book there and talk to him for a minute, get him to sign a book, which was great. They had all kinds of camp activities. They had canoeing and fishing and not fishing. They had canoeing and archery and a nature hike and a birds of prey program. They just had all kinds of stuff just to kind of, um, make it, make it a nice family friendly just day. And, um, and they did have, um, two actors from the movie and they had the returning, uh, director and creator of Ernest John Cherry was there. So I got everybody, I got them to sign some of my Ernest merchandise. And, uh, <laughs> they also had like a free, like a free print, with all their faces on it, you know, that you could sign an Earth Day print you could sign. And it's worth mentioning, like the whole event was free, which is just ridiculous. Oh, they wow, had all really? these volunteers. To, yeah. So, um, and then at the end of the day, they had like an Ernest lookalike contest and a trivia contest. And, uh, and then they had a Q and a panel with, with the special guests, you know, the actors and the director. And then the last thing they did was, um, they showed the movie on a big inflatable, uh, screen outdoors, you know, as, as the night, you know, as it got dark outside in the afternoon. So it was like a full day event of just Jim Varney appreciation basically. And it, 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 it's so unique and it was so much fun. So I would definitely recommend it. Hopefully they'll do it next year because, um, it seemed like it was a big success. And so now there's a, there's another new earnest podcast that, that, uh, that just started. I think it's the called the the importance of seeing Ernest, <laughs> and so so hopefully if that's still going next year, maybe they'll have like a live podcast there or something like that. I'm hoping. So um yeah, that was such a such a good time. So there there's your there's the scoop on Ernest Day. <laughs> wow. And I while you were talking, I just looked up. I had I had forgotten that he passed away in February two thousand two thousand. My birthday. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I didn't realize it had been been that long since he'd been gone. And yeah, I, he was a young man. He was only 50. Wow. Died yeah. of lung cancer, yeah. Hmm. And so your other adventure, which I was already excited for you for the Ernest Day, <laughs> and the uh, comic warehouse thing that you did today, all I'm just yeah. picturing is you and Indiana Jones walking into this warehouse with a sea of yeah. comic books. And from a couple of the pictures that you sent, I think it was almost <laughs> kind of that. So if you could just talk yeah. a little bit on that and what maybe what you scored. <laughs> yeah. So if you go to, um, go to either my Twitter or go to the, the Batman on film Instagram, you'll see some, uh, some pictures, but yeah. So like, uh, one of our local comic stores, one of the ones that, um, me and Terrence both go to, um, ultimate comics they have here in North Carolina, they have like three locations. Uh, they have like a Raleigh, a Durham and a Cary location. And, um, and a few weeks ago, they, they actually had what they called a, um, a crime, a crime wave, a crime spree. Like all three of their locations got simultaneously broken into like overnight and thousands of dollars of merchandise got stolen. What, um, seriously? Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought this was like yeah. a, 
um, an advertisement for this thing. Oh wow, okay. No, no, well, no, no. Like that completely sucks. Then <laughs> yeah, like they had like their glass smashed in stuff like that. They had stuff stolen. Wow. Um, so that was kind of a big, like, big thing. And and so they are one of the stores that um, that uh, has an exclusive Batman number fifty variant mm. that just came out. And, I, and if you know anything about how comic book stores work and how these variants work they'll make you like like uh i don't know dc or whoever makes you order like i don't know thousands or whatever uh copies of the actual normal batman 50 so you can like unlock the privilege of getting your own store exclusive variant you can't just like you can't just like be like oh i want a store exclusive variant you have to like pony up the money for it just like you know whenever there's like variant issues you have to be like Whenever it's like it's a one in fifty variant, that means that the store had to get fifty copies, regular copies, to get one variant. So it's kind of like that. To get a store exclusive variant, you have to order a whole bunch of regular copies just to get your the opportunity of having your own store exclusive variant. So they were like, they were on tw- on, on their Twitter and social media, being like, "Yeah, this this really sucked. If you want to help out, <laughs> buy a copy of our exclusive <laughs> variant because we need to we need to get those sold and stuff." So. Um, and that's actually how I found out about the variant. So I was like, yeah, I'll, you know, I was going to get that comic anyway. And so, um, might as well get the exclusive store, exclusive variant. That's kind of a cool, cool thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, and I don't know if the, this is related or whatever, but, um, so just yesterday I was just looking at their, um, social media and they were saying like, Oh, tomorrow we're going to have an exclusive, um, an exclusive secret comic book warehouse um, sale, and I was like, "What? What is this?" And so apparently, I guess they only do this like once a year, but they have they have a super secret warehouse where they house all of their like back issues and like stuff they haven't like sorted yet, or just all the overstock and everything they have for all their stores. And I didn't know they did this, and it was really interesting because. Um, it was like, it was today from like 10 to four and they had all these deals and stuff. They had like, um, they had, uh, I'll, I'll just kind of get into it. So when they say it's super secret that it, it kind of is cause once they gave you the address, once you, if you look at the Instagram, once you pull up to the, to this thing, the, the door actually says uh, with an official logo, like ultimate comics, super secret warehouse. <laughs> and normally, and it's awesome. It's kind of this crazy thing. And, and it's normally by appointment only, but the, I guess for the special sale, they've got it open for the public. So, um, so what they did and, and what's funny is like they, um, they had like a picture of the warehouse from uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, on there, and I'm like, how how big could this warehouse be? It's probably just like an office building with just a bunch of comic book boxes or whatever. And uh, and no, they, they they're absolutely correct. You go into this place, and it's a little deceptive at first because you go in, and so what the deal was, you go in, they have like a little open room, and they had a whole bunch of like I don't know, thirty, forty boxes, uh, long boxes out, and um. That room, the first room you go in was like, that was your dollar comics. And they had this deal going on. You could get a hundred dollar comics for $40, um, which is a pretty good deal. And, yeah. uh, but you know, of course it's the whole, like they're semi-organized, but not really. There's just everything, any, anything and everything is just in these long boxes, <laughs> um, you know, going from present day, like you'd have a box of like, uh, Rebirth Suicide Squad or Action Comics and then the next box would have like you know 
X-Force <laughs> from like the 90s <laughs> or something. And it would just be all kinds of – and they're all mixed up. So, um, But, you know, nevertheless, there were a lot of people searching in that. So I did that for a while. and But then after you get past that room, they had – they really did. You go past this room and they have like the giant Indiana Jones like warehouse, floor-to-ceiling comic book boxes. It literally is like one of the coolest – you know, nerd comic book moments ever because I, I've never really I've been to some comic book conventions and stuff, but I've never it's I've never been um been filled with such wonder of like <laughs> oh man what what could be under the what could be in here and stuff like that and so so all the stuff in this giant warehouse part was um up for grabs too and like their rules were like they had one wall that was nothing but uh, things that they had already sorted through that were uh, their eBay listings. So if you wanted any of that stuff, you had to like note that and take it to them so they could like delist it from eBay and stuff. But all that stuff was cover price. But then other than that, everything else was just this giant, like unorganized giant warehouse of, of comics. And, and it was not going to lie. It was a little overwhelming. So what I ended up doing was I spent a couple hours in there and just kind of, Pick through as the boxes as best as I could, and once once my stack got gigantic enough, I just had to kind of be like, well, I could I could spend another you know lifetime in here, but uh, I better just <laughs> see how much all this stuff is, and so um, before I you know blow it and go overboard because I know we we all talked about our Ollie's experiences. Well, I don't think I was on that episode, but yeah, we all went to Ollie's and we spent uh, a pretty penny there, but but um. I got a lot more nice traditional comic book finds at this sale. So um, I spent like a hundred bucks. Don't tell my wife. She's in the next room. I spent a hundred dollars, but I didn't get the, um, I didn't quite hit the a hundred books thing. So I got like, um, so I spent like 60 bucks. No, I spent like 40 bucks on the dollar books. And then the other 60 was a bunch of the stuff that I got from the, the big back room. And, um, the dollar books, I got a whole bunch of like, uh, Superman, new 52 Superman issues. I was trying to find like the, like the Jeff Johns, John Romita Jr. run. Uh, I heard that was pretty good. So I was trying to fill in the gaps in my collection there. They had a giant box of, um, uh, what's the, uh, the dark Knight? Uh, what is that title? The, um, what is that title, Rob? That's easy. Legends of the Dark Knight. They had a big Legends of the Dark Knight box, so I grabbed a whole bunch of those issues. And um, but in the big back room, they had like they had some really kind of cool gems that jumped out. I ended up getting a first uh, printing trade paperback of a Death in the Family, um, the one from '88, uh, and um, it's really cool because it's like. You can tell it's old. It's got the black cover, Death in the Family, and everything like that. So, yeah, so I ended up getting all these issues and stuff, but um, trying to fill gaps in my collection. I, I got, I filled, I've been trying to get, um, I've been trying to complete my, like, New 52 detective run because uh, at one point during the New 52, I kind of stopped getting all the books except for Batman. <laughs> and then here. I was like, yeah, and then I was like, well,. I don't really care about detective anymore as a collector because because the numbering is all busted and it's never and it doesn't matter anymore and stuff like that. And so and so of course as you know after the uh, 
Rebirth started, they factored in all the new 52 numbers into the timeline right. of of numbers. So if you want to fill in the gaps, you know the the renumbered volume two new 52 numbers are actually dub- doing double duty as actual like nine nine thirty forty fifty whatever right. numbers. <laughs> so. If you want a complete collection, you need to go back and get all the new 52 issues. And so now I had to make a – last night I was making a list of like – you know, it's only a handful of issues, but it was when I was so done with it. Um, so now I'm like, dang it, I need to actually get the issues to complete the collection. So I was able to pick up a couple of those um, as well for, for, for cheap. I uh, I was just – while you were talking there, I was scrolling through my uh, comic app, and I end up – I stayed on for like the, the beginning of the new fifty two, and I made yeah. it to the end of issue five, and then I <laughs> <laughs> I dropped it, and then I got back on at issue nine. The, the, the death of the family, but by issue eighteen, I went straight through. Uh, I know I actually stopped at a uh, forty seven, so I I ended up getting back on oh. when the creative teams uh, changed back over, and I really liked it. Um, once you get to uh, Francis Manipal being on the book, then I was like, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. So I stopped. I stopped around the Emperor Penguin arc, and yeah. definitely stopped went, uh, on the Wrath arc. Um, That's where I picked it back I, up because of Faybach. right? Yeah, and then I came, and then I also came back when when. Manipole and Bucciolato was on because I was like, oh, they, they, that's such a good creative team. Yeah, but then, yeah. unfortunately, I, I never did read that story because I think my comic store like didn't get one of the issues, and so like I never, <laughs> I never <laughs> finished it. But uh, I've got the issues now, and I've got I, I even have the trade. You know, I got the trade when we did the big Ollie's thing. Yeah. So that, that's uh, a good. Did run. you ever read that story? Yeah. Is it a good story? That's that's a really solid good story, and I was disappointed. I think that's why I end up leaving off. But then at the end of their run, it was it was really really good, yeah. And because then after you get that, then you go to you know blue bunny suit Batman, yeah stuff. Even though it's Tomasi, but and it's good, right. but it's of course it's not the Batman you most people want to be reading, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then of course I've got to get the annuals and stuff like that now too. So I'm, it's just kind of a big, <laughs> darn it, should have known better. Right. Should always just collect Batman and Detective no matter what. And all right. That kind of junk, so. <laughs> Um, but I did end up getting some uh, surprisingly, which surprised me. I got some, I got a really good deal on some some vintage, some old comics, like Silver Agey type stuff. I got like um, I got Detective three seventy nine, nice, and three eighty, and five sixteen, uh, and then I got Batman one seventy three. Holy crap! Into the one yes. hundreds. Yes, and um, 191, which is a really cool issue. It's like um, the day Batman sold out, it's like Batman's having a bat auction. Everything must go. <laughs> and he's like selling everything. He's like selling like the bat phone and like Robin's costume and <laughs> batarangs and bat ropes and stuff. And everybody's crying like Dick Grayson and uh, Alfred's crying like, I can't believe it's a, you know, a classic um, Infantino art, right. you know, that, that whole era. And and I found I don't know I this is like a speculative pick but I got um uh the Hawk and Dove number two, which um of course is a you know Steve Ditko the great Steve Ditko just passed away right. a couple of days ago and he you know created um he created uh, Hawk and Dove and so I saw this I was like oh man this is kind of a cool looking thing and it's a number two issue it's got you know it's Hawk and Dove and 
Uh, it's like November, you know, October 1968 cover. Um, so yeah, and it's a, and it's all Steve Ditko art. So I thought I'd spring for that too. So yeah, it sounds like you're trying stuff. to play this Golden Age, Silver Age game that Peter and I are playing. He buys an old book, I buy an old book. There yeah, were, there were a couple books so, where it was like we bought the same book. <laughs> yeah, so like um. Yeah, if Pete's listening to this, hopefully like somebody else will try to pick up some of this stuff because it's fun. Because yeah, because for me, because for me, I, you know, it's hard to go back and know like, and I'm not trying to like make money or whatever, but I, but I do like you know old key issues if you can find them for a good price, right? Yeah, definitely. Especially for me, if it's like if it's Batman or Detective, I'm always interested because I'm always trying to like get as a, a complete as, of a run as I can for those respective series, and so. Um, so I just love to get these old detective issues, and um, you know, to that to that you know end. A couple of days ago, you were texting me and Terrence's picture of this comic you got, and I was like, "Uh, that's not that great a condition." And then I started looking at looking up the you know how much it, how much it is, and I was like, "Ah, that's actually a really good price yeah. <laughs> for what for what it is." What and so I was is. started so I started looking on eBay too. I'm like, "No, I want that issue." <laughs> so, so so it's the whole like everybody is trying to get the same vintage issues, right? Exactly. Uh, so what Ryan is talking about, I was at this little hole in the wall shop, which I don't even hardly ever go there. It's it's really kind of out of the way. I think I had to drive like a almost an hour to get there and there's no reason for me to go the the direction i'm going other than oh i haven't been to this shop in a while and it's really kind of dank it's it's the prototypical or the atypical what people or more cliche is probably the better word of what people think the comic shops are just this dirty hole in the wall old toys that nobody's buying but there i'm thinking like you okay i want some back issues and it's a good spot because Nobody's really shopping at this place, and I keep thinking one of these days it's going to close. So I went there. I was picking up some, you know, you know, '90s, you know, Batman detective, just from spots that I needed. And I saw his wall of books, and I saw this book on the wall, and I'm like, okay, it's probably going to be completely out of the price range. And like Ryan said, it it does look kind of beaten up, and it is Batman 244. So if anybody knows what 244 is. Uh, the title of it says, The Demon Lives Again. It's a shirtless Batman with what almost appears to be the sword in his chest, but it's beside him with Rachel Ghoul shirtless holding the Bat costume. And I'm like, oh, holy crap. That's a uh, <laughs> Neil Adams cover. Like, this is the closest I've been to it. And I'm like, it's probably going to be 60 bucks or 80 bucks. It could have been $4,000, you know, for that matter. And I was like, well, yeah. and it was just far enough back on his wall that I couldn't see what it was. And I almost didn't ask him what the price was because I thought, I don't want to hear what this price is. And he said, oh, I got that for 15 bucks. And I said, I'll take it. <laughs> and it's it's beat up. If I uh, if I do it, I'll uh, put up on the, uh, face, or the Facebook and the Twitter so you can see it. And when I open it up, it's got a small little hole in the back of it. But I'm like, I don't care. This is as close to this yeah. book as I'm going to get. And just a beat up copy like I'm getting. Seeing it on eBay and things like that are going for, you know, thirty, forty still, bucks. For, still. Exactly. Yeah. Once I started looking at it, looking it up and researching, I'm like, actually, that's a really good price for what it, yeah. for what it is. So then, some of the comic book groups that I'm on on Facebook, they're like, no, that's pretty good. There's, there's characters love to that book, and people were showing me their beat up copies, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that doesn't make me feel so bad. And then, of course, there's that one mm-hmm. person that's like, I got a nine point eight CGC graded. You know, it's, yeah. it's worth two thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm like, well, of course you do, yeah. you jerk. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, that, that's just cool to find a little nugget like that, or even just there, as much as I like reading all the new stuff and rebirth. There's something cool about just going to 
a warehouse or a comic book store and just finding some old issues of something that you may have kind of didn't pay attention to at one time and then you're like, oh, this is, this is really cool or there's a hole I want to fill. You yeah. start reading it you go, well, crap, why wasn't I reading this? You know, so that's that's Yeah, that, cool. that's my thing too. Like um, ever since we've started doing this show and everything, I, I've started to make little – you know, Excel sheet lists of, of runs. I'm trying to get like all the Azrael issues, which I do now have and all the Tim Drake Robin issues. So when I go to a place like this, I know what holes I'm trying to fill. Right. And, um, you know, uh, just to keep it on, to keep it topical. I, I saw two Robin issues of of the (laughs) Tim Drake series. I found, I saw a Robin number one, you know, the, the collector's edition. And I saw, I forget what number it is, but it's the one, it's the big black, cover where and it's like robin unmasked i found oh, that one yeah yeah and unfortunately i have both of those in my collection i was just anxious i was hoping that i would find some nice random box full of nothing but robin but uh that didn't happen <laughs> that was something i was actually doing today i think i probably said on the show before the way that i alph- i alphabetize all my comics but if robin and catwoman and nightwing are inside the main batman story then i file those books in order that the story goes and I don't necessarily have like Robin 16 isn't with Robin 16 it's with the Batman comics yeah if it was like a crossover or something yeah it was a crossover so my OCD kicks in when I'm going through my Robin section I'm like well I'm actually missing Robin 16 from the Robin box so I've now gone through and decided I'm going to go pick up all those issues that I already have but just so I can have a, oh a box of a whole entire <laughs> of a whole entire run so that's kind of my my new thing and then Finding oh there's there were a couple variants or a second printing or or something like that so uh, maybe yeah. I can get by with not necessarily buying the same book again where oh this is the variant so that's going to count so comic book people were we go bad OCT or, or second printings <laughs> yeah. second printings yeah and those are hard to track down too to, yeah. to see which books even have second or third printings and we talked about it during Troika like all of us had thought yeah. that the uh, the collector's uh, yeah, editions, the collector were the editions only, cover yeah. were the only ones, and to find out, Terrence pointed out, oh, "Hey, there's actual you know newsstand editions." So those are some things that I want to try and pick up: the Batman Detective and Robin newsstand versions. Because those uh, until that podcast, I didn't even know those existed. Yeah, and I I I listened to that and I noted it. I and I went back in my collection to double check, and I was like, I th- think I've got some of those, and I believe I've got all but one. Of those issues, oh, wow. collector's edition and newsstand, both. I think I've even got it on my little thing right here. It's my running, my running thing here. I think I need. Yeah, the only thing I need is is uh, Robin number fourteen. I need the newsstand version of that. Gotcha. But other than that, I've got all the other ones, which I was impressed too. I was like, wow, I can't believe that I end up actually have all the <laughs> have all those. <laughs> um, speaking of newsstand covers and everything like that. I wasn't necessarily going to talk about it on this show, but with it being Batman 50. Thanks, Selena, for the daring last-minute rescue. It was very heroic. It was under control. (laughs) Sure it was. Now be a good damsel and bestow a kiss on your gallant hero. Play nice. You're not playing at all. No, I'm not. Not anymore. And what's that supposed to mean? It means this is the end, Selena. It means we can. I can. I will see you again. 
right? No one will. Gotham needs something more, something worse to defend her. She needs a new myth, a legend more powerful than I can be right now. A legend that can only rise from the ashes of the Batman. Some things you can't do alone, Bruce. And some things you have to. Call if you need me. I won't. I know. I just wanted to say it. And the hoopla going around it and all the variant covers. And Tim Drake is on a variant cover that I did purchase. Um, I had to buy three of the covers uh, to get it. But Batman 50, I kind of want to get to talk to you a little bit about it. You guys did a really good Batman on film show. If you haven't listened to it, what was the episode number again? One? Oh, I believe it's, let me look real fast. It's episode 120. 20. I would say 120. One. Yeah, and we uh, we since we get the uh, the uh, the issues uh, a little early uh, for advanced copies, so we can review them for the website. We we really wanted to be on top of things for for that issue, so we actually recorded our um, review show for it on the Saturday before the issue dropped, which was great on our part because we we wanted to talk about it, have a good discussion, and get it out so people you know could have a cool podcast to listen to about it um as soon as they got their copies even if they got copies at midnight or whatever and then uh, and then unfortunately all all the you know the crap hit the fan with um <laughs> yeah with dc spoiling the issue and then all, all you know all the spoilers coming out and stuff like that and um and that kind of ruined the the fun for a lot of people so uh, but the good thing is, is that, well, I guess, unfortunately for people that got spoiled, but the good thing is if you listen to that BOF show, that is before all the drama and before all the hoopla happens. So it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's unfiltered thoughts and, and right. unspoiled thoughts on that, on that issue. So, which I thought that was kind of cool knowing that you guys had recorded it on a Saturday when everything broke on Sunday. I was yeah. like, man, you guys are really playing this straight as if you don't know and i kept telling myself no actually at the time they're recording this they, yeah, we didn't they, know <laughs> you didn't know so yeah um which in a way is good otherwise we probably would have complained about it like half right. the time instead of talking about the actual book which um you know has unfortunately happened you know it, it, i guess in some people's mind you know no you know any publicity is good publicity but not yeah. my opinion i mean I, i'd no. rather much rather be talking about the comic instead of the drama so yeah, definitely. I mean, that was something that, uh, not to turn the whole thing into you know a bad publicity, good publicity, but I, I still have a hard time going. Like, in what way is that helping them? Yeah, at all to where yeah, you know, seeing comic book retailers going, people are saying that they're canceling their their issues because they already know. Which I'm thinking you're probably like yeah right you're like, you're, <laughs> you're you're canceling your book already. Like you're going to be like us. You're going to go pick the book up years later just go get the darn thing or is it yeah. more the comic book shops are kind of just trying to give it to dc just for doing something like that yeah because like because again our um and then Ter- terrence went to this i i i kind of missed it but our local shop here they had a 
a Batman and Catwoman wedding spectacular event like planned for this whole thing. And they still had it, but I guess it kind of, the luster kind of wore off because the spoilers were out there, but they had like a legit wedding cake made that had like a yeah. Batman and Catwoman topper. They had a, um, and they had an actual, like a cosplay wedding. They had a Batman and a Catwoman cosplayer and they had like all these cosplayers from like the Batman family, <laughs> of, like in the store. So they did like an in-store wedding and everything. And of course they had all the, the uh, store exclusive variant issues you could get as well, so they tried to to, to make it a really nice event. So, um, so it was kind of a fun a fun thing to kind of. It's probably the big the biggest kind of event I've seen around a single issue of a comic book since Action One Thousand, which which wasn't that long ago, really. Right. But uh, but it was fun. You know, I I've been in a nutshell. I've been really uh, critical and hot and cold uh, on my thoughts on Tom King's Batman run. Um, like I know he's trying to do something different and all that, and and sometimes it works for me and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And um, it's just you know sometimes it's just not for me. But in terms of the story, like I I thought it was good. I thought it was a a, a cool issue. Like I um the way it was written, the way it was done, the way it was presented with the splash pages and the letter uh, letters that you know Batman and Catwoman wrote to each other and stuff like that. I thought that was really really inventive and really well done. Um, I'm kind of, uh, not eager to have to wait two more years to, for another 50 issues of this thing to see how it all pans out. Right. Like, like, is it telegraphed too far in advance? Like, are we really, I mean, what are we doing here? Um, and, and you know, and I felt that way in, um, like in Grant Morrison's Batman run too. Like, Oh my gosh, how many more years of this are we going to do? <laughs> right. But, but when it, but when it's all over, you're like, Oh, that was great. I like that. Yeah. There, you know, so, Maybe we'll get to the same point um, with with Tom King's Batman too. Uh, so I, I'm still willing to let it, you know see where it goes. Yeah, I mean I, I miss the days of the one and done issues or a nice three story arc. Which I mean he was kind right. he was kind of doing that anyway, and he'd have four or five issues here, four or five issues, but there's still a much longer narrative. Even though he's telling the you know I am Bane or I am Suicide, there's still an overarching right. story that's going across. Yeah, you know, I told Justin Kowalski the other day. I think I was like, I think I figured out what if he doesn't. I think I figured out what he should call the, his last three arcs. And if he doesn't do this, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> but his last three arcs should be called, of course, they should be called "I am Vengeance," "I am Night," "I, I am the Batman," <laughs> or "I am Batman." Yeah, that <laughs> That's what his cool. last. Yeah, he has to do that now, <laughs> or I'll be mad. So Tom King, I know you listen to the show. That's what Ryan, right? Yeah, that's what we say you should probably do. <laughs> Too uh, perfect not to. My uh, Batman Fifty story is with it being Fourth of July. I didn't have the Fourth of July off because I work for a warehouse that's like, hey, we got crap to move. So I had said something to my wife because she had the day off. She works in an office, and uh, I was like, oh, it kind of sucks. I wish I could go get my Batman comic. Uh, Batman 50, the guy that I get comics from runs a gymnasium and he was in Mexico. <laughs> so I couldn't even get my books. I thought, well, there's this comic book shop, Alter Ego. That's not that far away. It'd be kind of cool to go there. And that's all that I said, like, Oh, maybe I would go after work. So my wife decided, you know what? You're, you're having to work today and it was really hot. We don't really have a, a good AC unit in the house. So she's like, you know what? I'll go out for a drive. I'll go get some lunch. And she was going to go. She was watching their 
uh, Facebook page and they too did a wedding. So she's like, oh, I'll wait till it dies down. So the crowd's not so big. And then she'll go later. So she drives about 45 miles to the comic shop to get to the front door and says, uh, we decided to close early today. Uh, happy 4th of July. And she's like, oh, are you kidding me? Seriously. Seriously. And well, why a comic book store in their right mind would close on a day where Batman 50 is out? Like, right. why do you stay open? Oh, it's new comic book day and it's Batman 50. Like, right. why would you close? That is so crazy <laughs> to me. And she was texting me on my three o'clock break and saying they're closed. I'm like, haha, funny. Who's closed? She's like, I decided to go to Alter Ego for you. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. She's like, no, I'm not joking. So I got on their Facebook page and their post had literally said, 10 minutes ago, Alter Ego posted this. And I'm like, they literally just, like, they are inside the building still. So, God bless my wife. She decided to drive the 45 miles back home and then drove an additional 45 miles in the opposite direction to another comic shop. And they were open. She called on the way this time. So I was able to read. It's like, now don't close because it's 4th of July. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they said that they were going to be closing early. They would normally close at like. Uh, five o'clock. They were going to close at four, and she said, "You know, I'm on my way." So they stayed open an extra, you know, ten fifteen minutes for her to come up. So I thought that was Man. pretty cool. But so she had drove almost a hundred miles. For, <laughs> that's crazy for four dollars and ninety nine cents. Oh, and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. That's not near. I do have a really crazy story about how I got my uh, collector's edition copy of Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, but. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I'll save that for another day. It, it, it was it. Needless to say, it was a harrowing, harrowing experience. Some of those you just get so mad, and then you try and tell yourself it's a comic book. It's three dollars. Why am I so upset about three dollars? And I was yeah. No, I know it was the opposite of that for me. I was like, it's it's exclusive edition. It's never going to be released. There's only so many available. It's limited edition. I have to have it. Well, so. and that's that's what I was after was the Jim Lee version of that right and i don't know it's just off my reach i don't know whose variant it is but it's batman leaping out towards you know your pov and his purple cape is showing it's got an orange oh yeah uh which yeah, is yeah. a cool cover that wasn't one that i necessarily wanted but when she got it i thought oh that that is actually a really really decent cover so yeah i i enjoyed uh 50 as well um same with you i've been hot and cold with some arcs i'm like oh, i couldn't stand that war jokes and riddles didn't work for me at all no but uh then the next arc wasn't too bad. So this this was okay. So like you said, I do I know I want to do another 50? Like, okay, two years from now, we'll be right, <laughs> right where we are. So, uh, yeah. Like, you know, I've, I've been catching up on my issues uh, a lot over the past you know month or so. I, I, ever since we um, did our big Detective Comics show for BOF, uh, I've been trying to catch up on my stacks of comics. You know, ever since Nora was born, my comic book reading has has been non-existent basically so i've got a whole year's worth of issues i'm just like so behind on so so i caught up with um but now i'm like really trying to catch up and try to beat it (laughs) it's at that point where i could just like you know just set them aside be like well i missed all that but i'm trying to i'm trying to at least catch up on the, the the stories i really care about and i'm trying to get current on so i caught up with detective and then my next uh mission was to catch up on Batman and Tom King's Batman and I caught up on that really quickly because a lot of those issues are are fast reads anyway yeah. um you know cuz it because I think I've seen that in his his run because they it does ship twice a month some of the issues are 
you know, splash pages or, or quick dialogue and stuff like that. So it, it was kind of fun to kind of read through, I don't know, 25 ish issues from, uh, I kind of stopped where, um, I think at around issue 25 with the war of jokes and riddles. And then, but I caught up really fast because the issues are fast. And so I was thinking, maybe I'll let, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I don't know if I want to like just wait until another arc or two is done and then, and then blast through them or, or try to just stay current on it. But, uh, but but it was fun. So I mean, I caught up on that, and I caught up on um, metal. I caught up on. I read all of um, Dark Knight's metal, the the miniseries as well, and oh, nice. the the one shots and all that stuff. I I read all that because all that led into No Justice, and all that led into the new, you know, Scott Snyder's Justice League. So I've caught up on all that, and uh, and right now my mission is to to catch up on Superman. I've got. Um, Superman, Action Comics, and Super Sons, uh, and I've got a bunch of that, and I'm I'm a couple of issues away from finally getting to um, the Oz effect. So that's that's around where I am uh, on the Superman front <laughs> at the moment, because I want to get through all that because we've got the new uh, Bendis, the Bendis stuff that's that's coming. So I kind of wanted to get current on that because I want to give that Bendis stuff a shot too. Yeah. Okay. I'm caught up on super sons and, um, action and, you know, all that stuff. I'm just starting into man of steel. I'm, I'm liking it. I'm not, I'm not liking it. I, I feel like I'm reading Tom King again. Maybe it's just because I've, I've liked the right. Tomasi Gleason and Dan Jurgens run so well that. Yeah. Is it, do I feel like okay? Yeah, I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's a culture shift because for me it's like this. The, I, uh, talking to Justin Kowalski, like he like he's really big into this. Like this this Superman triumvirate here, this Super Sun Superman and action arc. The, this has been some of the best. Oh yeah, Superman stuff I've read. And I'm not a big Superman in years. Guy. Like it is really good. No, me either. So my so my brief little Superman history here is like I. I got into to really heavily reading the Superman comics like pre New Fifty Two, like for a, like two or three years there before the New Fifty Two. There was a really good um, era of Superman comics there where you had um, Superman oh, and Supergirl yeah. and like Monel had been like in this main Superman title, and Superman had to the, like a new Candor, I think, or something got created, like a new Krypton planet got created, so Superman had to like leave Earth to kind of oversee that and everything and so they brought back this like the whole like uh superman shield numbering system so like all the issues like fed into one another like in a giant like story arc and it all led to this like war of the superman thing and um and so that kind of got me invested that that really got me invested in like the whole superman lore in the world and stuff because they did a really good job of of bringing in um bringing in all those things like yeah because like you had superman and this new Krypton book, and you had Monel and Superman proper, and then you had like like Nightwing and Flamebird, like right, the right. like the Krypton versions in Action Comics, and and, it, and it, if you just say that you know two people, it's 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 kind of a it's not the traditional Superman s- structure, but that but they really sold the concept in the books themselves, and so I really enjoyed that stuff. Um, but then as soon as it dovetailed into the new 52 they yeah, just they yeah. just lost me completely <laughs> like very quickly very quickly they lost me and so um so when this uh rebirth stuff happened I, it it got me hooked right away and um 
and then uh but then i've been i've gotten so behind in the books but uh, even though they're really good and so now i'm trying to catch up and um i've got nothing but good things to say about about these issues i mean there's this two two issue arc here in superman that was like and it's like uh, yeah. i think it's called declaration where they just kind of go search you know they they explore the united states landmarks you know historical things yeah and just it 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 really hits a side of superman that is hard to illustrate in a normal kind of traditional comic book setting and to to get like i don't want to spoil too much of it but the way that ends was just so heartfelt and incredible and and so superman and and it, it's something that really got you know it's kind of an emotional ending there and, it, and I just thought that that kind of stuff is like what's going to make this run kind of last and be important and 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 hopefully people will will appreciate that parts of this these kind of parts of this run um, especially yeah. now that it's I, kind I, of I, over my so. brief Superman history was only just because of the death of Superman you know I was old enough to be around when that was going on and i think the first superman books i was buying when there was the we covered it on this show uh the two-part night of the bat storyline where you know you've got your big new character in dc and like hey we're gonna bring tim drake robin over into the superman books for two issues and then i was i always liked superman as a character but it wasn't something i read as a kid if i had a justice league book and superman was in it that was usually good enough for me and i read through uh the you know the death and return of superman and all that stuff but i I wouldn't say quickly because that was a, a decent sized run, but I just ended up going, all right, I'm just going to go back to Gotham and, and stay where I was. So um, I'd pick up a Superman book every now and then, occasionally in the 2000s and 90s, but that that was about it. So it wasn't until you know the New 52, I thought, okay, here's a good time to get back on Superman. I made it for two, <laughs> two issues, issue one, issue two, dropped yeah. it, and then um, Ramada and uh, Johns came in, and I... I read through some of those and then uh, through the end up until rebirth um i had stayed on the book but when he went back to t-shirt and jeans superman and had you know, the cape wrapped around his fist because he had lost his powers after the solar flare i was just like oh my gosh this is so not superman and then <laughs> when rebirth hit i thought well i love tomasi yeah. and gleason on batman and robin they're the Superman has at least got to be as decent or good or maybe even better. And it was even better than Batman and Robin. And I loved their Batman and Robin. And then I thought, well, people are saying Jurgens is doing a really good job on action. And he was, you know, one of the chief architects during the death and return of Superman. So I thought, well, I'm going to check that out. And that was great. So I think I, there was just this big buildup of Superman feeling like Superman again. And now Dennis is coming in and kind of, wiping some slates clean or maybe he'll put them back so um i'm toying with myself and i even saw justin kowalski say this like all right let's he'll give you know action and superman you know a chance a little bit before i you know before he jumps shark or before i jump the shark or wherever or bail rather so i don't know how i feel about about all that yeah yeah for me like i, I i'm not gonna Based the whole right, run right. off of like the miniseries thing because because I, I want to read the miniseries and then give each each series like um, like it's like the first yeah. arc right um, and and see how that goes because I like the, the concept behind them all sounds sounds intriguing to me so I, I want to like it you know um, but there's also this new thing where um, I, I I don't know if those books are still twice I, monthly I think or so. not they, I think they are. Um, 
but the, right, but the right, prices yeah. have also increased. <laughs> like like now, because they because DC like increased the price from two ninety nine back to three ninety nine, and they took off the digital comic stuff, the copy stuff. So you know that's that's kind of making the bottom line a little bit harder right. to kind of justify keeping all the books on your on your table. So so I do want to kind of use this as an opportunity to kind of, and that, and that's kind of bad on DC's part sometimes too like I think sometimes they'll they'll do the new number ones to kind of attract new readers but that's also tends to be the time where a lot of people that have stuck with the books just to stick with them <laughs> right. will leave because <laughs> as well so so um I'm kind of uh I'll be on the fence for a little bit that's why I'm trying to catch up so I'll ha- actually you know not get too far into just getting the books just to get them until before I you know realize that I I don't like it or if I right. do. Right, and there's I'll nothing keep, worse keep than being behind. And by the time you catch up, you to where you're like, oh, I would have dropped this if I if I'd have stayed if I'd have read through the first yeah. arc, and now I've collected three arcs, and I I'm not enjoying this first one. So I'm I'm in the I'm in the same boat of like I've got two more issues of Man of Steel to read, but I'm I'm already kind of like uh, like all right, let's like you said, just the miniseries. Let's see where we go in the main titles and see how that goes from there. So at this point, uh, we'd kind of like to take a, a little bit of your time, if we can, and kind of look back at the radio drama, look at some of your questions. Um, Ryan wasn't here, unfortunately, because he was hanging out with Ernest, which is just as cool, but he didn't get a chance to uh, talk to James and uh, kind of wanted to get your quick thoughts on the interview, if there was anything that uh, uh, you took away from it or anything interesting. You just kind of wanted to, wanted to chime in, so I wouldn't give oh, you yeah. a chance to kind of comment on that. Comment on that as well. Yeah, I I loved that interview. I thought that was a really good, high energy kind of conversation with him. And um, I'm just, it was glad to to give him the spotlight, give mm-hmm. him the floor to kind of you know get his thoughts on all these characters. You know, especially now that his run in Detective is over, it was good to get his overall thoughts on the whole thing. Um, which I really appreciated, and, and and there was a lot of really good like masterclass level stuff of like, yeah, comic book writing, like what you th- think about when you're writing an issue, or how you plot things out, or how do you juggle, you know, writing your detective comics arc with the <laughs> Batman who laughs at the same time kind of stuff. And, I mean, there was a lot of really good like deep discussion level questions about like character arcs and crafting issues and, and things like that. So I really uh, enjoyed that conversation, appreciated it. I really hope that we are we're able to get him uh, back on a future uh, episode to talk talk more because he, he's just really good. And, I, and I'm, I'm excited to follow his work um, a, a, as we go on. Like, I'm definitely going to pick up uh, Justice League Dark to see what he's up to with that stuff because... Um, because he he definitely puts he's really passionate about all these uh, about the stuff that he does and I'm excited to see where he goes with it because um, you can you can you can see that passion in, in there. The only thing I'm I'm uh, I was a little bit of a letdown is that nobody asked him about about Azrael. Yeah, he didn't get him I, to expand on Azrael any. But uh, but that's my only only uh, <laughs> knock on the uh, episode. <laughs> he had a, a couple notes on it actually, and I forget like even as I was going back through listening to it while editing it, I'm going, oh, right there is where he had mentioned Azrael. I thought, oh, when we get to the follow-up question, and then he kind of had gone on a little bit farther, and I we <laughs> listening to it, like, oh, that's where, not I drifted off. I'm like, oh, that's a really cool thing that he said. I totally forgot uh, the Azrael uh, line of it. And the thing that kind of impressed me, or the thing that changed that we all uh, made mention of on when we did the BOF show, 
was uh, the use of Clayface, where he said he initially intended him to be the comic relief of the book, and then he just turned into the heart of the book, and that was also going to be Tim Drake's position. It's like, oh, with Tim gone, it's going to be the real heart of the book, and Clayface kind of took over that role with Cassandra. And uh, just to hear him talk about the creation of Clayface, and uh, Peter had even said it too, that that to me that just became the definitive version of Clayface now, like the version of Clayface that I think and hear of is, is his version kind of took all those, which is what rebirth does take takes all those best core elements of the character and goes, here's, here's that version of the character that you, that you know and love. And uh, they just did a really good job on it. So that, that was really cool just to get a chance to talk to him. And um, the Clayface was just so cool. Yeah. So what I kind of want to do here, I put out on Twitter a little bit before the show or some questions that we'll kind of go through um, some of your comments on the episodes here. We'll kind of, you know, round out the show that way real quick. Um, Chad, uh, Chadwick Whitley had uh, replied to us. Um, The image that I put up is from the uh, Walmart issue, which we'll talk about in just a little bit as as just a experiment from D.C., Um, but Tim Drake does appear in the issue. He's in his Rebirth Robin costume, but he's only got one R on. So some people are kind of like, oh, is this kind of like while he was Robin? Or I think it's just uh, Dan Jurgens himself had even said this is, in fact, Tim Drake in this uh, Rebirth. It's you know the 100-page giant. There's 12 pages that are a new story that he's writing, and it's, in fact, Tim Drake. But uh, he makes mention of that. But uh, the cool thing is he gave us uh, some questions out of – uh, the reply that I put, hey, we're doing the podcast today. If you've got any questions, uh, send them our way. So he's got five for us here, Ryan. So it says, uh, I thought the radio drama was uh, amazing. I would love to see more of it. Maybe a classic Tim Drake story like the first appearance miniseries or Lonely Place of Dying. Um, Lonely Place of Dying, that would be kind of cool to do something like that. But I feel like we kind of sort of did that in with a Lonely Place of Living. I know it wasn't the whole entire thing. Plus, we have that yeah. with the uh, and that, Legends that of that radio Robin. drama was already – yeah, audio drama was so Audio drama, yeah. That, uh, I mean, it would be kind of cool to do it, but if I was going to do another one, and there will they'll probably be another one at some point, I don't know if that would be the first thing that, I would, that I'd hop on. Um, he says, I really appreciate the James Tinian interview. Uh, uh, coming in for the interview, I found him engaging. Uh, you guys asked a lot of great questions. How about other creators like Marcus Tove, uh, Fabian DeSiza? I always say his last name wrong. Um, uh, Adam Beachin would love yeah, to hear <laughs> their uh, retrospective. So those were some names I hadn't even thought about. Um, we were, we're trying to get um, Tom Grummet. I've emailed him a couple times back and forth, but he's doing the con circuit right now. So if you're listening to this, we're trying to get Tom on the show, but um, it's been kind of a little bit harder than uh, than I had anticipated for. Um, I'd asked a question, what was your favorite Robin costume? And he says his uh, costume is the one year later red and black suit with the OG Robin costume at a very close second. I've said that before on the show. I love the classic Robin costume, but there was just something cool about the mm-hmm. red and black. And I think just because the animated series was going on at the same time and Tim had a new look there. I mean, I, I'm really torn. I think the one year later gets a close first place for me but do you have a favorite robin costume and not even tim drake just robin in general no yeah i i i'm kind of right there i i the one year later costume i think is really good and it is a, a it's it's a mid 
I'm not distant, but mid 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 grade second place to me. I, I still think that the actual Tim Drake, uh, standard Tim Drake uh, costume, you know, is my favorite. Yeah, because I think it's the most versatile. I think it holds up. It's still, it's kind of a lot of people have said that that this is one of the better or one of the best like costume redesigns yeah. of a character that that there is, and I'd have to agree to that. It's Neil Adams, you know, and uh, I just think it. It just works. It's it it updated the outfit. It looks a little bit more tactical. They closed off the right. legs. It's not bare legs anymore. And 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 that black black to yellow, I think really yeah, really works. And you know you see even see that like and that 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 stayed on through the one year later outfit. And that's you know that's in the current outfits too. Even Damien's outfits like that as well. So um, it just kind of works for me. And you got the the uh the 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 split toe you know boots and the staff and that all works for me and like you said that 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 robin uh i think um like consumer products and things at the time were just itching for that robin redesign because once that came out like you saw it everywhere because it was in the right. an, in the it was in the animated series probably because of that animated series and then you saw it in um like i'll never forget the the batman returns yeah, Tim Looking Drake, right Robin now. action figure because <laughs> they they even yeah they even like put their um their stamp on it by you, you know the they they actually included the the split black and yellow cape which I still remembered I loved it as a kid I just thought that was the coolest thing um, and uh, and of course that that trickled into Batman Forever too I don't think that that costume would have looked. Uh, as close as it did, unless yeah. unless we had the Tim Drake costume to kind of uh, be its predecessor. So, and then they also did the the black, well, black and yellow thing there too. So, but yeah, so Tim Tim Drake original Tim Drake number yeah, one. I think that's one year later. It two. depends on the day. I think it's I like the character enough that I'm like if I'm reading. That's probably my problem is if I'm reading a like the new red and black costume at the time, I'm like, Oh, this is my favorite. And then I start reading you know, the Chuck Dixon run. I'm like, Oh, this yeah. is my favorite. I mean, it both costumes I think work very well but I, to me the biggest thing about the costume like closing off the legs was huge but giving Tim a black cape that he could wrap around himself where like Robin can't hide in the shadows well guess what now he can you know, he's got the the black lining and that was really cool yeah, exactly um, and it's just like you said it translated very well that even going into the new 52 they're like okay Dick Grayson's not going to wear the short shorts anymore so it's a version of Tim Drake's character, like this, this needs to be the pseudo Robin costume for all Robins moving forward. It just it translates so well. And yeah, sometimes people are like, oh, that's Dick Grayson's costume. Where we're like, no, no, it's Tim's. But now it's just it's a Robin costume. It's become as iconic as the pixie right. boots and short shorts were. Um, something uh, else that he had asked here, uh, questions for us. He was kind of replying to us. Who is your definitive Tim Drake artist, writer, and where do you hope DC will take Tim next? Uh, who would you like to write or see draw Tim Drake going forward? Why don't you take this one at first? Mm-hmm. Um, I, Tom Grummet, artist, and, and, and Chuck Dixon, writer. Yeah. I, think that's, I think that's the thing there. I mean, he was so influential in in the, you know, the early part of him with the miniseries and stuff, as well as the, the, the gosh, yeah. what hundred ish issues he did of, of the main series. I think that's, that's good because it just provides his Tim Drake's foundation. And I think he picked up, um, 
he picked up on that and he you know he took all the things that he learned all these lessons from what came before about the other robins and the other writers and then helped craft tim drake into into one of the most memorable robins there is so i think there's that um you know, and now that we've had this giant uh, Tynan run, uh, I, it's hard to tell where they're going to take Tim Drake after this. I don't want them to do anything weird no. with him, like make him Batman Beyond again or anything weird stuff like that. Um, I'd like, honestly, I'd like Tomasi and Gleason to tackle tackle Tim Drake because I think, you know, they've done such a great job with the Superman stuff, and they and they did a good job with the um, Batman and Robin series with Damian and stuff. I think I think I'd like to see their take on tim drake too but um but i but overall i just like to see uh, tim I, have his own book i would again, too i mean really? that was something so. that james said in the interview that he's excited to be a just a fan of tim again and knows that there's you know plans for tim um the what is that heroes in crisis uh there's an ad right now that i'm scrambling trying to find it poor podcaster but uh if you're getting the d uh, the dc what is it uh the DC Nation issues, either free at your comic book shop or whatever. Uh, there's an ad in there mm-hmm. for the uh, Heroes in Crisis that Tom King is going to be uh, writing. And in there it says, one of these heroes is a murderer, one of them gets killed, one of them is blamed, and one of them is on the run. And guess who is one of those heroes? Tim Drake, Red Robin. Along with you know Nightwing and, uh, you know, I think it looks like 25 other heroes that are going to play a part in the story. So I'm hoping that Tim's not one of any one of those. He's just in the story somewhere. I'm like, we just got Tim back. Don't screw with him. Give him his own series. You know, if he gets his own series out of this Heroes in Crisis thing, that's cool. But I think the character at least needs to be on some version of the Titans at the least. But I would like to see him in his own type of series or him in spoiler or, or something like that. So we got some from Twitter here. Uh, Green Lantern HQ says the future seems pretty grim a lot for DC characters, but I always hope uh, they won't go down that road. What are your thoughts and feelings of Tim Drake's future? Uh, I know we've already talked about it, but it seems like Tim would actually give up who he is and become something else. I don't see him killing someone. Uh, Would that that, uh, be an answer or a problem? Uh, I hope that's not true. I don't know. So that's just kind of... Uh, a statement that he made. Um, I don't think they are going to would do something like that again. I think like we had talked about in the Tynan uh, discussion that James brought all these characters back to a, a new starting point again, where somebody else can pick up and write new adventures with him. It's not like, all right, well, James left Tim on this murderous spree. He's very hopeful and he wants to travel down the road and see where the adventure takes him. So I think that kind of leaves his slate kind of open and clean again. And uh, I'm enjoying kind of reading right now in the Walmart uh, 100, 100 issue special they got going on. So that's tidying me over to something else. And if you have any comment on that at all, Ryan. Yeah, I hope not. I hope that, I hope that they're kind of done with the whole um, weird, weird angles on Tim, you know, like, like I said, like the Batman beyond thing. I, I just want, Heroic Tim right. doing Tim Drake stuff, <laughs> and uh, I just I just want to see see something like that of uh, a DC streaming service where you were talking about the split boots and just your uh, since we were on the 
uh, yes. costume talk. Um, I don't know if I've heard you say on a podcast yet, but the Teen Titans, we, we've kind of seen some of Brandon Thwaites uh, Robin costume, kind of like a yeah. shot type will where he's kind of profile. Uh, the news from the streaming came out. We got two more images of him and man, that sure likes, <laughs> sure looks like Tim Drake where the costume looks cool and it does. Again, it's like your whole example of like, yeah, just, just steal everything from right. Tim Drake and give it to all the other Robins. Thanks. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, th- I, I'm excited for Titans, especially the, the more that we learned about it, how, how they're trying to, gonna, they're going to try to show, um, you know, the backstories of these characters and stuff like that. And I think they're going to try to delve in, into it in a, in a serious way. I guess it's going to be kind of a interesting way thing to see how, how they approach it. But yeah, seeing It'll be the most accurate live action Robin that we have, you know, ever, you know, the only comparable thing is Chris O'Donnell's Robin, which is kind of crazy to think about. But, um, but yeah, seeing the cost and just looking at the costume, I I don't really have any issues with that costume. I think it looks great. Um, I, in my opinion, I think it looks better even than the, the the way it looks like in the Arkham games. You know, I'm not a huge, I'm not really a huge fan of that. Tim Drake, to be honest, he's just kind of too, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. too generic. I'm gonna say um, there, he, there's not much to him. I don't think, um, but 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 yeah, I, I like the way he, that Dick Grayson's Robin looks in in, in Titans, and um, and like I even saw that I know even noticed they had the uh, the split toe yeah, the split really toe cool. boots too. And then we've got Young Justice coming up, which I think that's gonna be. The first part of 2019, I think. I don't think it's gonna. That'll be released this year. But, but you know, Tim Drake's. Oh yeah, I need to actually I, catch on up on that too. I haven't even gotten yeah, to that. Tim uh, Drake shows two, up in that show, in doesn't he? Jeez. Yeah, I'm still. I'm halfway through season one, so I'm not. I think I'm, I'm there yet. But I'm trying those, to catch like up. A Saturday, just do a binge watch of season one and season two, and to know what four years have passed, almost five. By the time that. Season three starts five years will have passed from season uh, two that, you know, here's a show we never thought was ever going to see the light of day and say what you will about, you know, release the Snyder cut. The Young Justice fans, I think, was just about as adamant as, you know, do season three, season three, when when there was no there was no network and where places were saying like, well, toys, toys aren't selling. That's why we yeah. can't get back on the cartoon network where it's sad to think a toy is what's preventing you from, do, from doing a show. It, yeah, it is. And it is. And it was, but now that we have st- streaming stuff like Netflix has opened this, this thing up of like, <laughs> right. People just watch this. <laughs> Imagine that if people watch a show, it, they'll make more of a show. So hopefully this DC thing will open up DC to be able to do more stuff like this. And I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah. So and I'm just glad the they're taking a shot with they're it. They're going to have that um, from old animated series and, you know, I saw your tweet the other day. I forget what n- quote unquote news network air quotes was saying, Hey, the animated series is going to be uh, HD on the streaming <laughs> service. And you were like, that was news I already stated, but that, I mean that's cool that it's the. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was part of the announcement like when they announced it a few weeks ago. We yeah, know that, but that's that's cool to know that that's going to be there. I hope that doesn't take place of like, oh, we were going to do this Blu-ray, but now we're just going to have it on. Yeah. yeah, no, they're still doing the Blu-ray. They're still doing the Blu-ray. Yeah, I even um, I wrote into the I wrote a physical letter to the Warner Archive podcast uh, asking about 
the uh, the Blu-ray stuff, oh, wow, and, that's and they cool. actually responded to my letter about it. <laughs> like the like the uh, one or two episodes ago, you can go find that podcast, and they'll talk about um, <laughs> how good my handwriting okay, is and stuff, like that, and stuff like that. So, but uh, but I think I, I, their, their answer was I'm trying to decode what their answer was, but I believe they they were saying that. Um, you know, th- these last releases they had for Mask of the Phantasm and Sub-Zero were through the Warner Archive, and those opened the door of, like, making Warner Bro- Warner proper be like, oh, people will buy this. So I think that the Blu-ray is actually going to probably end up being done by, you know, oh, Warner Brothers proper, cool. not the Warner Archive, because I think that, I believe they're going to try to make it a bigger a bigger deal, like a, like an actual like box set or something with nice. actual features and things like that. Um, don't quote me on that, but I, but I, but that's what I think that they were inferring on that uh, Warner Archive podcast episode. So we'll find out here in a couple of weeks at Comic Con. There's going to be a panel, so um, hopefully we'll hopefully they'll yeah. do right by the fans because it'll be exciting. To I get mean, that I'm in, excited in, for uh, Comic Con anyway because I feel like there's going to be some announcements of things or even products that we don't even know are on the horizon. Um, that this is also where they're probably going to make announcements for the animated films coming up after the death and return of Superman uh, that's coming out. Yes, they are definitely doing that. We're going to find out um, all the 2019 movies. I would love, love to hear Nightfall (laughs) mention something. I know. I told told the the PR guy, Gary, I was like, (laughs) please say Nightfall, fingers crossed. Please say Nightfall. (laughs) If you finish Death of Superman, you got to do Nightfall. Uh, So the last uh, thing I have here before I go into the comment sections for uh, the radio drama is the Walmart 100-page DC giant event, which you know we've kind of already talked about a little bit on the show. We were going to do a review of it, but unfortunately, Ryan wasn't able uh, to get a hold of it, and that's good thing but i think it's kind of a jerky thing at the same time that people are having a hard time getting it we were just going through walmart on vacation a week ago you know two days just uh went to a a bigger city just to kind of chill out and use a hotel's ac and pool that we were (laughs) we went through uh, walmart just to go get some stacks for the hotel and i saw them there my wife's like can't we just get these at home and I said, well, I don't know, maybe not be able to find them. So I bought two of them, and I get home to my hometown Walmart, can't find them anywhere. So people are buying these mm-hmm. in gigantic yeah. chunks, which if if there are like 10 copies on the shelf and 10 people bought one each for themselves, okay, that's cool. But it sounds like one person is just buying all of them and throw, throwing up on eBay buying and also taking the cardboard yeah. box that the book's the stands that they go in, so the stands. it's what Jeez. bi-monthly. Yeah. So in a month from now, when those books come out, and the Walmart yeah. worker goes to put them on the shelf, guess what? There won't be a box for them to put them in. So, yeah, because I'm sure people are like, "Oh, they're all sold out," and they're probably you're taking the stands, you're asking like, "Hey, these are right. sold out," and of course they don't know. You know, they're asking the the wrong person. They're probably just saying, "Yeah, take take whatever," and. It's kind of kind of crap. It's like defeating the purpose of the whole thing because, you know, I've you know me and Terrence live in the same area. I've been to like four WalMarts in this area, and they none of them have have the hundred page giants. <laughs> and so I'm just like I'm out. I'm not doing this. I was already like on the fence because of the whole like 
you know, why are they doing this? I understand why they're doing it because they want, they want to open it up to a wider audience, you know, because people that shop at Walmart might not necessarily be people that shop in comic book stores and getting people invested in the characters in the worlds, you know, might, might attract them to actual comic stores because the, the hundred page giants are set right. up to be like, well, here's part one of Hush. Oh, if you want to read more of Hush, maybe you should <laughs> right. go to the comic book store and buy the trade. <laughs> I think that's kind of the, but the draw is, I guess, is they're also putting these exclusive, uh, stories, right. one exclusive story per book. So you've got, um, so you've got the Brian Michael Bendis writing a Batman story and yep. Tom King writing a Superman story, I think. And, um, and, and of course there's a Tim Drake teen Titan story by, by Dan Jurgens. And so that's the, that's the hook for the, you know, the, the people that are already buying comics in the shops, but, but, uh, it's kind of a bad deal overall when like scalpers or whatever, just buying all the issues. And so people looking for them like us can't find them and people looking for them that just might see them on a shelf also aren't going to see them because they're just being kind of snatched up. So, so I'm kind of wondering if, how good this initiative is, is going to pan out. If, well, if it and keeps the other going thing like this. that I have a problem with it, that, the the idea behind it, I think is sound. Yeah, good, good DC trying to put products out there, but you're putting it down the toil, the toil, the uh, ball card, ball card, the the magic aisle, the the novelty section, where nobody's going down other than the kids and young adults or even you know us, which I guess that's your target base too. But if but that is their also target. at the same time, yeah. like, why aren't they in the newsstand with all the other magazines where maybe somebody that's not, that doesn't even know that's where that stuff is located may pick it up and go, oh, I haven't read a Batman comic in years. This is pretty cool. Where can I find the rest of it? So if you don't know to go right. to that spot, I would think the periodical section might be the better place for things like this where you're going to get people just going down to, hey, I'm going to get the new issue of ESPN. Oh, what's this Batman comic thing? So uh, that may be where I would have put it in the right. book aisle as opposed to that. But like you said, if that is right. their target audience, then I guess it's probably in the right spot. But 45-year-old guys like myself are going through buying all of them so nobody can find them. Then <laughs> you just... <laughs> and so, and yeah, because now, like, because you just, I, we, you know, I think Terrence was sending us some some copies of people selling these things on eBay. They're $5 a piece and somebody was selling one each of the four issues for $75. <laughs> so it's like, man, yeah, this is annoying. Dang it. So, yeah. I, this is going to be kind of our, a quick little show here. Uh, the last thing I have on our notes is what's up next for the Drake. Uh, we're going to go back to the comics and something that we've talked, I think the three of us talked about this in May, like, Hey, what's the next thing that we're going to do? Uh, so you can do your, uh, detective work at home is the King Snake uh, story that ties in between Detective Comics 685, 686 and Robin 17 crossover, which is kind of cool that it's tying back into the yeah. Chuck Dixon verse, even though that you know th- there'll be other stories Robin yes. will kind of bounce, he won't bounce so much into the Batman title as he will into Chuck's other books like Robin will start, he'll dip into Catwoman and he'll go into Nightwing and he'll go back to Detective and the bigger story in Batman or whatever, so I'm kind of, kind of cool or kind of glad to go back to uh, the '90s again and start getting into um, some of the, 
getting past, like I've been saying for a long time, getting past Nightfall, getting past Troika. Now we're just getting into Robin yeah. story. So this is going to be a really cool time on the podcast, and we'll have you know other little variants and deviations kind of go along the way. But I'm kind of excited where the podcast is going to go comic-wise. And uh, there's some books in this run that I'm like, I've never read issue 25. So covering it on the podcast will be the first time I'm reading some some issues, so that's going to be kind of cool. What are your kind of thoughts just uh, going forward for the podcast? Yeah, I'm I'm ex- I'm really excited to get to this like bulk of unexplored territory and stuff, and and to ju- to jump back in after after you know our um, grab bag episode here, summer break here, and the, and the audio drama. I think it's going to be great to jump back into a yeah. I think about a three issue arc that's. That covers the detective and Robin. That's that brings back King Snake. Is this the third, third time we've third time. seen King Snake, or the second? Third I time. I, it might even so. be the final time, so. from what I remember. Um. So yeah, that's going to be cool to see uh, how that pans out to to see King Snake back because um, he he ends up being one of Robin's more um you know prolific prolific uh, villains here so so yeah that's exciting yeah we're gonna get a new artist on the book so um it's i'm i'm excited to see you know how we've kind of leaving uh you know nightfall kind of behind in the dust now and uh kind of moving forward so Okay, for a show about nothing, we managed to cram an hour's worth of stuff there. And because my dumb idiot hands kept unplugging my mic, we had to start and restart three different times. So I think the audio kind of got out of sync towards the tail end, but I believe it's uh, listenable. You probably won't notice that much. It kind of sounds like I'm talking over Ryan just a tad, but it's usually the other way around. So uh, at the end of that, we were going to go into your listener feedback section, and I have recorded that on my own, and that is 46 minutes in and of itself. So I think I just banked another episode, and I answer some other email questions and things that have come in. So I think that's going to be another show, and that's already in the can, so that may get fit into a show at another time, or maybe we'll get a second episode out of this month. So this is where we're going to end this episode right here. I want to thank everybody for uh, writing in and I've been saying it for a couple. We will get to that, but I think it'll be nice just to have a listener email feedback section. And we did cover a couple of those uh, with Ryan on there, but I do go through more of the Twitter and Facebook comments, but that's where we're going to end this one right now. So you can get a hold of uh, Ryan and Terrence on uh, social media. You can find both of them on Twitter. Uh, Terrence is at O'Neill Ties on Twitter and Ryan is at SMB underscore Ryan. He also has his Asriel podcast that's not up yet. I believe he's getting it ready soon. <coughs> Denny O'Neill interview. <coughs> Denny O'Neill interview, get that up. But you can find his Asriel podcast on Twitter at Asriel Podcast. And you can find Terrence and I's sister show at Batman and Robin Eternal. And that Twitter is really kind of crazy. Uh, we really should have rethought this. I like the title of Batman and Robin Eternal, but trying to get a Twitter handle was a little tricky. But it is at Band R Eternal Pod. That's Batman and Robin Eternal. So B A N D R. E-T-E-R-N-A-L-P-O-D. 
Batman and Robin Eternal Pod. Band R Eternal Pod. That's a really long Twitter. But I think you guys can get it. Uh, we have seven episodes now available. The seventh one just went up with Sherlock Ward. She guested on the show, and we broke it up into two parts. The first part's up where we just talk about Jason Todd. So that's kind of a cool uh, new podcast that I think we're going to do about 12 episodes, one a month, just to give us a little extra Batman and Robin talking where you know some of these things don't fit into this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at DrummerRob10 and of course at ELTD Podcast. So on the behalf of Ryan and Terrence, this is Rob and you've been listening to the BatmanUniverse.net and more importantly you've been listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care. Drums, Bye. please! <laughs> Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. This show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respected copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguins lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at... Robin ELTD podcast at yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at the batmanuniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you and we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media, also over at our host, TVU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. The way that people respond to summer madness. The weather is hot and girls are dressing less and checking out the fellas to tell them who's best. Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's. Back in Philly, we be out in the park. A place called the Plateau is where everybody go. Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise. Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes. She turned around to see what you beeping at. It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac. And with a pen and pad, I compose this rhyme to hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime. Just about 88 Hop in the water plug Just for old time's sake Break to your crib Change your clothes once more Cause you're invited to a barbecue To start at four Sitting with your friends As y'all reminisce About the days growing up And the first person you kiss And as I think back Makes me wonder how The smell from a grill Can spark off nostalgia All the kids playing out front Little boys messing around With the girls playing double dutch While the DJ spinning a tune As the old folks dance At your family reunion then six o'clock rolls around. You just finished wiping your car down. It's
time to cruise, so you go through the summertime, hang out, it looks like a car show. Everybody come looking real fine, fresh from the barbershop, applied from the beauty salon. Every moment fronting and maxing, chilling in the car, they spend all day waxing, leaning to the side, but you can't speed through two miles an hour, so everybody sees you. There's an air of love and of happiness, and this is the Fresh Prince's new definition of summer madness. 